0: Shalom, and I hope all is well. My name is Yitzhak Shifman. Thanks for tuning into this podcast, and I hope you enjoy the Torah classes in it. Now, on to the episode. Today's daf in Masechus Kiddushin is daf zayin, and <clears throat> we're starting the last line of Vav Beis. Amarava. very last line. We're going to have four sections in today's daf. The first section is going to deal with utilizing certain principles that are effective for transactions elsewhere, namely, Orev and Evid Kenani, which we'll get to, and the application, how they would work, as Rav will explain to us, here in the context of Kiddushin. second section is going to be a discussion about marrying half of a woman and why it's ineffective, and that'll lead us into a discussion of karbonos under what circumstances the Kiddush or the Hectish of an animal spreads and doesn't. The third section is a series of seven questions, relating to that topic of marrying half a woman or marrying with less than a shavu'pruta, We'll get into those seven questions. And then the last section today is going to be two versions in a debate, Rabba and Rav Yosef, regarding being married with silk, if it requires a Shuma and evaluation or not, because she might not necessarily agree to it because she doesn't understand its value. Let's get started. The last line of, of Avmah Beis. Now, we really, we really learned yesterday, I want to just point this out. We learned that, we learned, Kiha kicha which means, that in order to create a Kiddushin, there has to be a Hano'ah of a Shavah at the time of the Kiddushin. If there's not such a Hano'ah, you're not married. Today, Ravah comes and tells us Chiddush. We're going to see three Halachas here, utilizing the principle of Arev, utilizing the principle of Evet Kenani, and then the combination. And we'll have a Shila, But we're going to see that Kiddushin could also be effective, even not through the normative transaction where the man gives the woman a Shava pruta and then she marries him. So the first one we're going to use is the principle of Arev. Arev is a guarantor. So let's see this inside. Omar Rava, Case number one. Rava says, if the husband tells the wife, a woman tells the man, excuse me, Tain Manilapoini. So the woman says to a man, give money to Yankel. So she says to Reuven, give money to Yankul, turning to Zinamad ve Vekadish Anī l'cha, and I'll be married to you. it's a strange case. She says to Reuven, "Give money to Yankel, and I'll be married to you." So she's not receiving the hanas shavapruta at the time of kedushin, at least from the money itself. Says Rava, Mikudeshes Middin orev." She is married based on the principle of guarantorship. How does it work? Because when it comes to a guarantor, what does he say to the lender? You lend the borrower money, and I guarantee the loan. Which means I'm mishabed myself. I dedicate myself to this. When it comes to a guarantor, even though he's not receiving the benefit, the money itself, directly, but he's able to dedicate himself to this loan and he'll be responsible to pay it up. He creates an indebtedness that he now has to the lender. So, this woman also even though the, the benefit of the money itself is not reaching her hand directly, but she can dedicate herself in terms of as if she's accepted it and she'll be married to this fellow who she commanded to give money to that other person, to Yankel in that case. Now, I want to point something out. There is a Machlokis in the Rishonim here, exactly how this principle works in the case of Kidushin. Some shown him learn I believe it's the Ritva he learns that just looking up the article explains this that the reason it works is because there's a benefit that he's listening to what she's saying meaning there's a hana you're fulfilling my request it makes me feel good so there's a certain amount of benefit so there, she's <clears throat> Exactly, and therefore there's a hanah here like that. Tosfos does not seem to learn this way. He quotes a Tosfos in Baba Metzia. Tosfos learns a little bit differently, which is when the yankel receives the money, it's like she's receiving the money. So it's looked at in a little bit of a different way, similar to a guarantor, where it's as if the guarantor is receiving the money so he could dedicate himself. There's two ways of looking at this. The bottom line is, there's some hanah that's coming her way, whether it's because the giver of the money is listening to her, or it's because it's as if she receives the money the giver is giving to Yankel. Either way, therefore she'll be mekudashis, even though the money's not coming to her hands, but rather the fellow who's, she she's ultimately agreeing to marry is giving it to somebody else that she commanded to give to. Okay, let's go. Second case. Now we get another case which is creative, a little out of the norm. The man says to the woman, Helech take money. So he gives her a shava pruta. take this money. But you're not married to me. You're married to ploni. You're married to somebody else. So take this money and you're married to somebody else. Now Rashi says, obviously it has to be where the other fellow made him a mashliach because if the other fellow didn't make him a mashliach, I can't go over to someone and say, is lariki, If you have no idea about that, or that, that wouldn't be a very good shlichus. So it would have to be that you appointed me as a shliach to marry to marry that woman for you, but you didn't give me money for it. So I'm utilizing my own money, and then she'll be married to you with my money. Okay? So the is be, be married to me midin evit kenani. She will be married to the other person, to Yankel in this case. Reuven gives her money, says, accept this money. You'll be married to Yankel. She'll be married to Yankel based on the rule of evit kenani. Now, what do you mean based on that rule? So evit kenani. In order for an evit kenani to be freed, there is a shita later on Daf Chaf We'll learn in this same parak. How do you free an evit kenani? So someone else gives the Jewish master money. It's And then the Evet Kenani is able to go free. Now the Evet Kenani is not paying his way out. He's not losing any money in the process of himself going free. Someone else is paying for him. So says the Gemara, Even though the Evet Kenani is not losing any money in order for him to be free, he still acquires his freedom. So similarly, Gavranami, that Yankel who's ultimately marrying this woman, he he's not losing anything in order to marry this woman, but Gokanilola Hayitisa, he could still acquire this woman in terms of marriage. Same principle of Evid Kanani. So now we get to the creative case, which is the combination of both principles. Case number three. She says to the man, Tain so the woman says to Uva, Tain Give money to Yankel, she commands him, Ve'ekadish ani loy. and I'll be married to Yankel. So, listen to this. She says, Give money to Yankel, and I'll be married to yeah. Yankel. So, now what happens is, Mekudoshes. again, you're married. Why? Midin Utilizing both principles. Very creative case. Let's go through them. Because regarding a guarantor, even though the guarantor is not receiving the money at the time of the loan, it's the borrower is receiving it. He still dedicates himself to be responsible to the loan. This woman too. Even though she's not receiving the money, actually it's going to someone else, to Yankul. She could still transact herself. She could dedicate herself in this case to Yankel. in this case. The says, but wait a second, me dummy. Could you compare the woman in this case to the guarantor in that general case? Regarding the Arev, the one who is acquiring the rights to collect from the Arev, which is the lender, so he's acquiring the rights to collect in the future from the from the borrow, from the Ariv, but Kachaser Mamona, he is losing money because he's lending money at the time of the loan. Hai Gavra, as opposed to this Yanko in this case, he's acquiring this woman. but like, he's not losing anything, actually he's receiving money from Reuven. So how can you learn out directly only from the case of Arev? So the Gemara says, you're right. I'll prove to from the case of Evid Kenani. Deloka Mamona, regarding an Evid Kenani to, to redeem himself, someone else pays his way out. He's not paying his own way out. He's not losing any money to be free, and he still acquires his freedom. So here here it should be the same thing too. Even though that yankel isn't paying anything, he's not losing anything, he should be able to acquire this one for marriage. So Mars says, Me, dummy, but it's still not comparable if you only learn from Eved Kanani. Because regarding the case of Eved Kanani, the master who's freeing the slave, Kakani, he's acquiring the money that's being given to him on behalf of the Evid Kanani by the other fellow. But in this case, the woman She's transacting herself over to Yankel in order to be married to him. And she's not receiving any benefit, so how can she transact herself? So Yechiach shows you even though the Arif is not receiving any hanah, the money at the time of the loan, he could dedicate himself to be responsible to the loan. So all both. A combination of this, the halachic principles allows this case where she says, Give money to Plony and I'll be married to him in order to be, uh, that it would be effective Kiddush. Boy, Rav. Rav poses a fourth point, which is the fourth question here. Case number four. So a woman goes over to a man and she says, Take money and I'll be married to you. It sounds like a good, uh, a very, I'm um, yeah, a feminist, I was going to uh, say, yeah. Yeah, equal, equal, uh, equal uh, rights, fine. So she goes over to a man, she says, take money and I'll be married to you. Now right away you'll say, there's no way it should be effective, because it says, oh. ki yikach ish isha. Now, I, sorry, I forgot to mention this, it's important to mention. In all of these cases, it would have to be that the one who's marrying her goes back after and says, harayat mekudashas It has to be because you need that amira, you, you need... Have to have the- that he's... Accepted. The dibor. Exactly. The man has to be... And he has to say it to her for it to be effective in all of these cases. chiddush the was in those past cases I mean, it's considered a hanan, her he part, part etc. But even in this case you have the same Exactly. Thing. It would have to be is the same thing. here. Kiddush. He would have to turn around and say, hare <laughs> at right. But the question is where she's giving him the money would that be considered an effective kiddush? So she's getting the hanan that he's... So her, Mahu, let's that see. Start, that he started listening to her already. already, can you imagine? It's a good, uh, it's starting off on the right foot. Mahu. So the Gemara says, what's the law in this case? So Amar Zocher, so, the Papa, My in the name of rapapa said it's a considered a Kiddush and They're married. Now, Rav Ashi interpreted the reason that you'd be married in this case is utilizing a kenyan called kenyan agav. We learned this. We've mentioned this before multiple times. What's the point of Kenyan Agav? So the halacha is as follows: In order to purchase a property, field, karka, you can buy a field with money. Shtar Chazaka, three ways actually. We'll learn later in this parak as well. So the halacha is: If you purchase a field, you can also acquire by way of purchasing the field. Mithaltolin as well. It's called Kenyan Agav. By way of purchasing the Karka, you can also purchase the movables, but it does not work in the opposite way, which means if you purchase metaltolin, you can't purchase also, acquire also uh, land along with the metaltolin. So what Ravashi understood was that this was using a Kenyan of Agav. The man acquires the money, which is Metaltolin. And he also acquires the woman. And we know people are compared to land. We know Avadim are compared to land. So a woman also, or a person for that matter, would be compared to land. So morris says the problem with that is you cannot acquire metaltalin and then Agav the Metaltalin also acquire property. It doesn't work that way. So how is this effective? So we'll see in a moment how it is. So lemarzutra if so, if you're saying this would be effective, Nachasim It comes out that property... It literally means properties with responsibility, which is land, because land always guarantees your loans, would be able to be acquired, agav, properties that don't have responsibility, meaning metaltalin And that's not true, because v'anon we're going to learn on davchavav modalif, nechasim she'ein nechasim she'yesh that movables can be acquired Agav property, Agav land, based on the acquisition of land because of Pishtar v'chazaka. When you acquire the land through the three means that are effective, which is money, shtar, and shows of showing ownership, which is chazaka, which we'll discuss there. So how could this be effective if you're acquiring the money that shouldn't allow you to acquire the woman, Agav, the money? So Amr Leis, Amr Zutra, vector vashi not working on Kenyan Agav here. Agav, did you think that she was saying acquire me through Kenyan Agav? That's not what's going on over here because that's not effective. We're talking about a case of an Adam Chashuv. Now what's an Adam Chashuv? Somebody who is important, who does not usually accept gifts. So therefore, with that benefit, that he was accepting the gift from her, she transacts herself as she's receiving a hanah at the time of kiddushin. so rashi explains because if it's an adam chashu who doesn't usually accept gifts she would have paid a Shavah prut the value to someone to appease him in order that he would accept this gift I guess it's considered something chashu. If someone's very significant, very important, and he accepts a gift from you, that's significant. So therefore, she would have paid a Shava pruta. That's a Hanah Shavah Prutah at the time of Kedushin. So she's not giving him Hanah, the opposite. He's giving her Hanah by accepting, therefore it's going to be effective at the time of Kedushin, because there is a time there is a Hanah at, at, at that moment. Okay. Very interesting halacha, that point. Fine. Yeah, it's like the, like the first case, that she's giving Hanah right. by... Right. Being listened to. Mm-hmm. or being accepted in this case, right. Now the Gemara says, itmar nami, it was also said, Meshmei the Rava, in the name of Rava, v'chein l'inyin mamayna. I'm going to go through Rashi here, because Rashi explains this. The same way we said that these three principles, Arev, evit Kanani, and then the combination work for Kedushin, it works the same with purchasing land. I'm going to go through Rashi. Rashi explains like this. Let's go through the first case. Arev would be like this. If one a person was selling a field to someone else, and he said... Give money to Plony, and my field will be sold to you. So it's the same principle. Okay. So again, it would be effective based on the concept of Arev. That was the first point in, in parallel to kedushin. If he says, accept money, take money, and then your field will be sold to Plony. So to accept money, and your field will be sold to Plony. Not to me, but to someone else. It would be effective. If he says, give money to Plony, and then my field should be acquired to him. It will be effective based on both principles of arif and evit kenani. So the gemara now explains vitzricha. Why is it necessary to state that these principles are applicable both to kiddushin and monetary uh, sales of, of fields? Why is that important? Lachorit, it's the same underlying principle. So why does Rav need to state in both scenarios that it would be effective? The yashma inon kiddushin, because if we only stated that these principles are effective for kiddushin. So you'd say like this, the reason it'll be effective for kedushin is because we know there's a principle that shows women are happy just to be married. Meaning, women don't necessarily need to receive a real or genuine sort of uh, normative kenyan, a normative hanah, even a baseline hanah, they'd be agreeable to be married. Like Reish Lakish teaches. A woman would prefer to sit with two bodies than to sit as an almona by herself. Meaning, a woman's happy to be married. So therefore, maybe you'd say, even though she's not receiving the hanah, it's an indirect benefit, etc., she's agreeable to be married. But in purchases of fields, there's no such thing as a free lunch, so maybe if you're not receiving the Hano, not directly in a proper normative way. Maybe it's not effective. Kamash Malan, you can apply these principles to buying fields as well. And if you only set it by the case of buying fields, so you'd say, Misham Di of Purchases, there's a concept of mechila. It means I can be moichil on something that's owed to me. So even though I'm saying give it to someone else, it should still be effective. But regarding kedushin, there's no concept of mechila. It has to be a hanah. So, maybe it shouldn't be effective. Therefore, we need to say there also, it's considered effective because there is some sort of baseline effect. Exactly. Let's move on to the second section now. We actually mentioned this in Meseches Gittim. Omar Rava. Says Rava man gives a Shavah to a woman and he says, you are married to half of me so the halacha is you are married, says Rav if he says half of you is married to me then you're not married so Abai didn't understand what the difference was what's the difference that when it says, where he says to the woman half of you is married to me that there's no kedushin because the Torah says you have to take a woman isha, not half of a woman but then it should be the same thing here you can only marry a man can only marry in his entirety not a half of a man so why is that effective then so I'm really Rava says back to Abaye, one second you can't compare the two cases Hassam regarding marrying half of a woman, it's a lechazia. A woman is not fit to be married to two men. In halacha, once a woman is married to a man, she's only married to that one man. She's prohibited to everyone else. So, therefore, when he's telling her, half of you is married to me, the implication that he's saying is you can marry someone else. That's not true. So the condition is not effective. But regarding a man, When he says, you're married to half of me, is that not possible? Theoretically, he could be married to someone else. What is he telling her? If I want to marry someone else, I'll marry someone else. That's all he's telling her, and there's no halachic issue with that. So therefore, that's why it's effective. Fine. So we understand in principle the difference between them. But the Gemara takes it one step further. Even though what you're saying is when he marries half of her, it's not going to be effective because she can't marry someone else, Marzutra is about to ask Is Merzutra B'edra Mari, is going to say, why doesn't the kedusha spread? You see, we've learned that the concept of kedushin, even the word kedushin, is based on the principle of Hectish. It's like Hectish. Now, we're going to show L'chor, when you're Maktish, part of an animal, it spreads to the entirety of the animal. It all becomes hektish. all becomes a korban. So when you're marrying half of a woman, L'chorah, it should be effective because the Kiddusha, or the Kiddushin, should spread to her entirety. Why doesn't the Kiddush spread into her entirety? Do we not learn in a Brisa? If somebody says, this animal's leg should be a Carbanoila, Brisa says, it's entirely a carbon oil. and the marzucha takes it one step further. Now that's machlaikis. but the point is, even according to the shita who says it's not considered, it's mesachis, it's 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 not considered entirely a carbon oila, but that would only be if you machted an organ that the life of the animal is not dependent on. You could cut off the leg and it's not, it's not going to die. However, if you are makdish the heart of the animal, so then the entirety of the animal becomes a karbanoila. So the same thing should be over here. When, you're, when you you marry half of a woman, well, that's shanashama tluyabay. You can't cut off half of a person and they're going to live. So too, it should be fully effective. You should be married. Why doesn't it spread? The Gemara says back. Ravina, the Gemara responds Me dummy, is there a comparison? Can't compare the case of the animal being Makdish half of the animal. Or the leg of the animal to marrying half of a woman. Why? Because Hasam Behema. Regarding the animal, it's a behema. Now this is an important point Rashi points out. Who owns the animal? You own the animal. There's nobody protesting or refusing that the Kedusha should spread to its entirety. It's all you. So there the Kedusha can spread because there's no dasa cheres that's pushing back. Exactly, the be behemoth doesn't have das. But the woman is only accepting to be married in her half. That's considered an alternative uh, intent, an alternative understanding. She's another person who has just as much ability to agree and disagree. So when she accepts that she's half married to him, it's like she's saying, and I'm not half married to you. And she can push back and say it shouldn't spread in its entirety, and that's why it's not effective. Actually, halaydamia, the case of the Isha is more comparable, alaha, to the following, where there's a dasa by Carbonus, where it does not spread. What do we find? To Amr of Yochanan says, "If you had an animal that was owned by two partners, okay, so now you have two, two deos. You have two people here. What happens if one of the partners sanctifies half of it?" And then he goes and he purchases the other half from the other owner and he sanctifies it. So he'll say, great, now it's entirely sanctified. But that's not the halacha. Says Rabbi Yochanan, It means it, re- it attains status of sanctity, but it can't be brought as a carbon. Why can't it be brought as a carbon? Because the problem is, as we'll see momentarily in the Gemara, from its inception, when it was originally sanctified, it couldn't spread. It wasn't fit for hakrava, and therefore it's eternally pushed off from being sacrificed. This is not something fit for sacrificing. And if you would make an exchange with it, the exchange would have the same problem. You wouldn't be able to bring that exchange as a korban either. So, therefore, what you have to do, says Rashi, actually, is sell it. And then utilize the money that its equivalence is to purchase a carbon and bring that as a carbon. But the point is, why is this not effective? Because at the time that you were it, there was a das acheres pushing back. Since there was a das acheres, it invalidates this carbon initially. Similarly, the woman is not agreeing that the kedusha should spread in her entirety. Yeah. So we're going to see in a moment why that is. Gemara is going to say three points we see from Rabbi Yochanan's P'sak here, three halachic principles about carbonus spreading. But the point is, it's a similar idea in that sense where there's a das pushback, it doesn't actually spread. Shema so The Gemara says from Rabbi Yochanan's P'sak, we see three points regarding carbonus. Turning to Zionimud base. Number one, Shema minah balichayim nidachim. First off, we see that even though it's an animal that's alive at the time of the Kiddusha, meaning at the time of the issue, really, when you sanctify it initially, it's rejected and it's already able to be rejected at that point. So Rashi points out because in Meseches Yoma there's a machlokis. And one shita says if it's rejected after slaughter, so then it would be rejected eternally. But as a Balchai where it's alive, if it becomes fit after, i.e. you purchased it and re-sanctified it, it would be acceptable. This sheet that Rabbi Yochanan holds, even in its state as a live animal, still, it's still able to be rejected eternally. Number two, and this is really a machlok, it's a We also see that even though it was rejected from its inception, means from the moment that it became what would be classified as hektish or as a karbon, it was already rejected, that's considered a rejection as well. Which means in this case, even though if the moment you sanctified it, it was already unfit, there is a mount who argues and says if it was rejected from its inception, it becomes fit afterwards, it could go back to being fit. This sheet that clearly holds, even though it was rejected from the inception of being a carbon it becomes rejected eternally and finally We also see from this that there is rejection when it comes to sanctification only of value and not of its essential item. Why? Because in this case when he sanctified his half originally he couldn't be sanctifying it for its essential nature because he can't bring half of an animal as a karbon. So all he was sanctifying it for was damim. It was not kedushas haguf. It was kedushas damim. And despite the fact that it's only kedushas damim, you see that it's rejected. You can't bring it later as a karbon because it was rejected from the onset. So these are the three principles we see from Rabbi Yochanan, and thus a woman can't be married in halves. So either it won't spread because it's dasameres. Okay, moving on to the third section. Really, it's based on the past. We're going to have seven shilas now, seven questions relating to this idea of marrying half of a woman and being married with less than half with less than a pruta. Let's see. Boy Rava, question number one. Now we're going to get creative. So he gives a woman half of a pruta and he says to her, I'm marrying half of you with half of a pruta. And then he says another half of a pruta. He gives her another half of pruta. And I want to marry the other half of you with half of a pruta. Right. So Ma, what's the halacha? So we're like this. So you'll say like this. Since he said half of a pruta in the first original verbalization, so he split it up already. Well, once you split it up and you can't marry one with half of a pruta, it's not effective meaning he's marrying half of a woman. So that's, that's not effective. Oidelmar, perhaps you'll say, he's just counting it out. Why is he counting it out? Because he's a funny person. But the point is, really what he means to say is, half of a pruta and half of a pruta. He's not splitting up the transaction. So therefore, he means to marry her in entirety. It's okay. effective. So Delmore says, okay. If you want to say, it's really just being counted out. And he really marries her in her, her entirety and she's married, so we have Shiloh number two. What if he says, I'm marrying half of you with a pruta and half of you with a pruta? So now it's more of an implication. He actually means to split it up because a pruta is actually a proper sum for kidushin, but you can't marry a woman in halves. We said half of a woman's not effective. So Mahu. Do we say because he verbalized that it's a pruta? Clearly, he meant to split this transaction up. And if you're splitting it up, you're trying to marry half of a woman. It's not effective. Or perhaps, Do we say, as long as it's the same day, we could assume he's just counting it out. He means to marry her in her entirety, and therefore it should be effective. If you'll say, As long as it's the same day, you're just counting it out, and it should be an effective Kiddushin. So we have Shiloh number three. He gives her a pruta and he says, I'm marrying half of you with a pruta today and half of you with a pruta tomorrow. So now, in such a scenario... One second. Um, yeah, I don't know why he's doing it. It's a good question. One second. So he gives two prutas to the woman and he says, one is for today for half of you, and one is for tomorrow for half of you. So in such a scenario, the Gemara wonders, Mahu the the lemachar So do we say in the end of the day he mentioned tomorrow? So you can't say it's all in the same day and he's just counting it out. So he's splitting her up in halves. and melech shouldn't be effective. Or maybe he means to say, I want the kedushin to start today. loy Nigmaru ad lemachar? And it should only be completed by tomorrow, but it really is one long procedure, and he's marrying her in her entirety. Mura poses one final question in this section. He says, The two halves of you should be married with a pruta. And he gives her a pruta. So, Mahu. He's saying it at one shot, so would say he's marrying her in her entirety. Ideal do we say, Do we say a woman cannot be married in halves at all? This is disqualified entirely. And the Gemara says, Take, we don't resolve these four shilas. So these were four shilas relating to marrying half of a woman. Now we move on to other shilas discussing. Uh, marrying um, it, it with, we're going to see as Ravas, the first one, and then we'll get into other shilas about marrying her with less than a pruta. Let's see. Boy Ravas. And Rav poses a fifth mahus. Now you have like this. You have two fathers who are talking to each other. So one father is a shliach on behalf of his adult sons, and the other one is a shliach to accept on behalf of his ketana daughters. So the one that's the father of the older boys who appointed him as a shliach gives a pruta to the father of the Kitanos daughters and he says to the the other man, he says, (laughs) He says, look, I'm giving you this pruta that your two daughters, one of them should be married to each of my sons. So one each of your daughters should be married to one of my sons, one of them to one, fine. Mm -hmm. So do we say that the pruta required is necessary based on the giver and the receiver. Now, there's only one giver and one receiver, so a pruta should be sufficient in this case. And since there's only one giver and one receiver, i.e. acting as shluchim in this case, so it should be effective. And therefore you have a pruta. Or do we say you need it based on the people who are being married, and you have two different marriages going on? The Haleka, and then you only have half a pruta for each marriage, so it's not effective. Take who the Gemara says we leave that off. Difficult. Now our papa poses a similar bit Again, it's this Shila about uh, half of pruta. What if a guy goes over to another fellow and he says, "I want to marry your daughter. I want your, your daughter to be married, as well as to purchase your uh, ox, your cow for one pruta. So that creates a shiloh. What's the shiloh? Do we say What he means to say is, I'm purchasing. I'm marrying your daughter and I'm purchasing the cow for half of a pruta, which is not effective. Or maybe what he means to say is, I'm because mar- he knows you can't marry one without with less than a pruta. I'm marrying your daughter with a pruta and the cow is just with a pulling the animal, which is a kinyan that would acquire the animal and it is effective. Take what the Gemara says, leave it off Shver. And final question, boy Ravashi, Ravashi poses a final point here. Bitcha ve'karko'acha be'pruta, very similar to the last Shiloh. He gives money to the other fellow and he says, I'm marrying your daughter and purchasing land with a pruta. Bitcha be'chetzi pruta acha be'chetzi pruta. Do we say again, he means to make each transaction with half a pruta and it's not effective. Or, does he mean to say I'm marrying your daughter with a pruta and it is effective it, 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 and your property with, with chazaka. Exactly, Meshikha. instead of Meshicha. And I'll do a chazaka, a sign of ownership later to purchase it. And Gamara says, take we leave this one off shver as well let's go to the last section now now what we're going to deal with over here is as follows if you marry a woman you need to give her something that's the equivalence of a Shava pruta at the time of kiddushin the problem we're going to have here is where he gives an item that is that it doesn't have a clear value so the problem we have over here is maybe she's not we'll see in the first version sameches das. maybe she doesn't assume that it's worth whatever it is that he's telling her and maybe therefore it shouldn't be effective Perhaps then it should require an evaluation before the Kiddushin for this to be effective. So the like Gemara says like this, A fellow wanted to be creative. So instead of giving a ring at the day of the wedding, he gave her some silk. He gave her silk. Now silk is mistama worth more than a Shabbat pruta, but it didn't have a clear value. So he said like this, Rabbi Amr lights said it did not require a prior evaluation. And they're married. Rav Yosef, Yosef says no it does require a prior evaluation to Kidushin and therefore, it's not going to be necessarily effective. To no. see what? To see to if see they're married. Is, to see if they're actually married. To, to see what about the... the How much the, the, the silk the, is, is, worth. is worth. We'll see it's why in a moment. The There's two of versions that. of why. We'll see. Okay. Well, Shav we're assuming it is worth. Right. To see what its true value is. We'll see what that is, why that is necessary. Okay. So, the version number one goes like this. If the case is where he gave her the silk and he said, whatever this is worth, I'm marrying you with. So now we know it's worth more than a Shavu Prutah. Everyone agrees they're married, you don't need an evaluation. And if it was that he said it's worth 50 and it's not worth $50, so it's not worth 50 for sure, they're not married. Ki pliggi, what is the point of debate between Rabbah and Rav Yosef? Very interesting. He said this silk is worth 50 and it turns out it's not worth 50. So, in such a case, Rabbi Omar Rabbi says it would not require an evaluation to hashavu chamshin Because it is worth 50, excuse me. Because since it's worth 50, in the end of the day, since it is worth 50, the is they're married because he said it was worth 50. And it is worth 50, so no problem. And we assume that she's agreeable to this. Rav Yosef says it does not require an evaluation. It does, excuse me, it does require an evaluation, and they're not married because we assume, since a woman is not proficient in evaluations, she doesn't know necessarily how much this silk is actually worth. So right. she's not reliant on this until she knows its true value. Meaning, she wouldn't be agreeable to a Kedushin unless she actually knows its true value, and therefore, for this to be effective, there has to be an evaluation up front. Now, that's version number one. The debate is specifically where it, he said it's worth 50, it was worth 50, so then there's a debate. Does it require a prior evaluation or not? Version number two, Ikeda Amri. So the what co- if you have, and if you have the evaluation afterwards? So the, well, well then you would need a retransaction because the, the, it was done with the error. Point, yeah. right, at that point, at yeah. the transaction, she, wasn't, she didn't know. Exactly. Ikeda Amri. Now, there's another version. The machlokis is not only where it was worth 50 and he said it was worth 50, but even where he said Koldehu, where he said whatever it's worth, except okay. it. oh. yeah. good. Rabbi Yosef says, why does it need an evaluation? Meaning, lechora, if it's worth 50, and he said, or he said Koldehu, let's say it's 20, it doesn't make a difference. He said whatever it's worth, it's effective. So Rabba makes a lot of sense. They're married because it's certainly worth a Shava Why does Rabbi Yosef say it needs a prior evaluation? So if Yosef says, because Shave Kesef are Kesef. We say, just as regular money has a set value, given she knows what it's worth. Also, regarding kesef, which we learn from Yashiv, we'll see, is derived that it's like Kesef from a special positive. We'll learn later. It has to have the same principle. Ma Kesef the kits just as when it comes to money, it has a clear set value that she understands the time of to Kiddush. In order for the equivalence or an item to be effective for Kiddushin, it has to also have a clearly defined value at the time of Kiddushin, otherwise it won't be effective. So therefore, even if he said Koldahu and she accepted, it's not going to be effective. This is a big Kiddush. Rav Yosef would hold it has to have a clearly defined value in order for it to be acceptable, just like money has a clear defined value so too Shava Hesif has to have that clearly defined value now if we passkin like this when you give the ring at the time of the chuppah right. it would have to be clear of what, it's, what worth. it's worth which I don't think we passkin like this right. ultimately we're going to stop here at the top of chesam with Aleph is Hashem will go tomorrow to try to understand what Rav Yosef's sheet is really based on because this is definitely right. a big chiddush right. in the second so like version a, like a quarter is worth a quarter you
1: exactly you see it you know but, but, uh, but the item is
0: not necessarily right. uh, ring is, exactly it's worth something we you know it's worth you know of pruta, but she wants to know how much exactly. Has to, so, yes, according obviously. to this, it has to be clearly defined. All right, we're stopping here. Top of Davchess <coughs> and Mudale, Faizer will pick up tomorrow. Davchess, everybody, have a wonderful day.